0: This morning I want to share from 2 Kings chapter 8, and uh, last week we started, uh, we we talked about restore. We talked about what restoration is, and we talked about specifically restoring our health and how God wants to restore our health. I want to give you the definition for restore from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It says to give back or to return or to put or bring back into existence or use. To bring back to, or to put into former or original state or to put again in possession of something. This is restore. And here in 2 Kings chapter 8, I want to begin in verse 1. It says, now Elijah had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, arise and depart with your household and sojourn wherever you can for the Lord has called for a famine and it will come upon the land. For seven years. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, um, I'd encourage you to go back to chapter four. Um, you can read really verses 11 through 37, and it tells this amazing story. So, you have this woman who, uh, Elisha, the prophet of God, is coming into town. And so she's like, Hey, you know, I got you. You can come stay with me. We'll take care of you. And Elisha prophesies to this woman that she's going to have a son but her husband was already old. So this is like clearly a desire of hers, but it's a desire that hasn't happened. I don't know if y'all have any desires that haven't yet happened. It's not only that this desire hasn't happened yet, but this is a desire that it looks like in the natural, it will not happen. So it's not just something that hasn't happened yet, but like you're believing that it will happen. This is something that you wanted to happen, that you believed would happen, but now it is naturally past the time for it to happen. Her husband is too old, and Elijah prophesies to her that in a year she'll have a son. And she's like, Don't mess with me. Don't, don't play with my emotions. Like, don't even do that to me. But Elijah's like, No, this is what God's saying. She has a son. This is a phenomenal story. This is one of my favorite stories. So she has that son, but then Elijah little later on this son dies and she's like what you know this is a son that God has given me the man of God prophesied it happened and now the son dies and and this woman like I I am a fan of this woman because what does she do she takes her son her dead son she brings him to Elijah's house she lays him on his bed and then she closes the door and walks out like hey Elijah you and your God, y'all did this. Y'all brought him here. And now we got some problems. You fix it. And I'm shutting the door behind me. Like it tells us that she closed the door. Like that is what are they saying that? Like that's a boss move. Right? Like that, that is like this ain't my problem. Here you go. And man, I, I just gotta pause right here because I, I think sometimes our problem is we don't act like this. We don't act like this woman right? Like, like God has given us something, there's something good in our life, and it dies. But we don't take that thing to God and close the door behind us. We don't take that thing and give it to God and remove ourself. Y- y'all know what we do. We take them to the to the doctor, we give them the medicine, we try to research and pray and figure all this stuff out, not for God to do a miracle, but for us to work it out ourselves. That's not what this lady did. She's like, (laughs) God, this is your son, here you go. You do, it reminds me of casting all our cares on him, laying it down at his feet, it reminds me of believing God and living in faith and walking in faith and not leaning to our own understanding, not trying to work things out on our own. So she lays him at uh, in Elijah's bed and she walks out of the room and shuts the door behind her. And Elijah comes in the room and 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 being in ministry, I, you know, I can only this was only one of two ways. Like either Elijah was just confident that God was going to, you know, resurrect this son or he, he went in like, God, <laughs> uh, what, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm just the vessel. I'm just saying what you told me to say. I'm just doing what you told me to do. Like, what, what now? And, and, and so we always like to believe the man or woman of God comes in like the first way. Like, oh, well, then I'm just, you know, God's going to raise him and here we go, God, and I'm, you're going to use me and like full of faith. That's not always how it goes. And I say that because I pray that that gives you some comfort in those times where you walk into the rooms where you're supposed to bring God and you're a little unsure what God is doing or what he will do. Like you believe God can resurrect, but do you believe he will resurrect? You believe God can restore, but do you believe he will restore? Like like you know God can do the miraculous, but will he use you? To do it, because this lady, like, she is bringing this to Elijah. Yes, she's bringing it to God, but she's bringing it to the man of God, and she is laying it in his bed, literally, and walking out. And so Elijah doesn't just pray, but um, it's fascinating. Elijah, like, it's kind of, yeah, but Elijah kind of lays on him. And praise, and, and we believe that this is a way that God was leading him to do this, and the the son comes back to life. And so here in chapter eight, um, that, that we're told that this is the woman. Like we want to make sure that you know this is the woman, and this is the story whose whose son has been restored to life. Elijah is now telling her. There's some kind of connection there. He's telling her, "Hey, what you need to do is you need to." Just leave everything that you have and your home, everything, and you need to go away because there's about to be a famine for seven years. Now, there's a whole lot in this. Number one, God will warn us, God will speak to us before the famines in our life come. You you know, many of you all have heard me talk about this, but... But before being here, um, I was at our home church in Detroit, which is a much larger church, and and I did pastoral care there. And so what that means is I spent all my working hours in either hospital rooms, doing uh, funerals, people's homes, praying for those that had just lost loved ones, that kind of stuff. And inevitably what I saw over and over and over again, if you would listen close enough or if the people would, would be honest enough to say it, is that God would give warnings before people went to heaven. Even like the most dramatic, unexpected things, if you listen to people talk about the days and weeks leading up to it, they may not have recognized it that way, but God gave warnings. God, God would, would especially the people who went to heaven, like I, I could tell you story after story, of how God would, would, would kind of give these warnings and say like, hey, this is coming. Again, we don't always recognize it as that. But even family members and friends, they would, when you go back and listen to their story, you'd be able to recognize this. Why? Because God, he's interested in us living for him by faith and not allowing anything in this world to distract us, move us, push us away from him. And so sometimes what that means for our feeble emotions and our limited sight is we need to remember certain things. We need to be warned in certain ways to be able to handle some of the stuff that happens here. And so here Elijah is telling this woman, hey, you need to go. I'm giving you a warning. You need to go wherever you can, but you need to to leave and you need to take your household with you. And so Uh, The woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God. She went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. Now, this may seem insignificant. It may seem like a little part of this story, but this is massive. This is really, like really, this is the point. The point is she obeyed what God was telling her to do. As simple as that is, this is the point we need to be people as followers of Jesus that we will obey whatever God tells us to do if he tells us if he doesn't tell us that a famine's coming he just tells us to leave we may not like it it may be go to a land that I will show you you don't even know where you're going it may be go wherever you can just get out of here Or he may give you very specific instructions, but whatever God tells you, don't don't mistake the rewards for the point. The point is, obey God. The point is, learn to hear God's voice and, and know what God has written so that you can do what God is leading you to do. Because, see, we're going to get to, spoiler alert, in a few minutes, we're going to get to, like, this amazing blessing and what what God does and how God rewards, and many people think that's the point. But that's not the point. The point is, are we willing to obey God? If God were to tell us, hey, get out of here, whatever that means for you, that may not... I mean, I'm not talking about, like, in this room right now. <laughs> I mean, I guess if he told you that, you should do that. I don't, I don't know. But, but, but like, maybe maybe that's your job. Maybe he's telling you, like, look, go wherever you can. Just don't stay here. M- maybe that's your home. I'm not talking about your family, but, like, your, your physical home. Now, now, if you live around here, like, man, you're going to, you're going you're gonna, to, do really good on selling your house. I just don't know where you're gonna go. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's wherever you can. You know, maybe that's uh, a dating relationship that God didn't lead you into. Maybe that's some some situations of temptation that's trying to pull you away from God. But if God is telling you to go, you go. If God is telling you to stay, you stay. If God is telling you to be quiet, you be quiet. If God is telling you to speak up, you speak up. But here, she was willing. It says she arose and did according to the word of the man of God. Now, how could she do this? Well, first of all, this, t- this requires faith. Well, she didn't have the Bible like we have the Bible. But you know what, what likely contributed to some of her faith? Her previous interactions with Elijah. Where Elisha comes in and says something that God says, and then it happens. And then she needs a miracle, and God comes through again. Never discount or underestimate remembering what God has done for you in the past. We don't need to live in the past. We don't need to keep looking back to the good old days. But we need to remember what God has done for us because when we remember those things, it fuels our faith and it helps us be obedient now. It's why in Psalms 23, we read about the, the the rod and the staff, they comfort me. We know the rod, we just talked a lot about what it, what it did for the sheep and protecting them and keeping them in line and discipline. But the staff, y'all maybe you have heard me talk about this too. The staff, they would carve images into the staff, the shepherds would, so that they could remember the victories that God had given them. So if God, if there was a bear that came and, and they defeated the bear, or kept the bear away from the sheep, they would carve a bear into their staff. Why? To remember. What God did not just so that it can be the glory days, but so that they can have the faith and the courage and the boldness to obey God now The other thing that jumps out at me in this these verses of this woman obeying God is this is such a picture of how non-christians see christianity Right, like, I, I, Jesus may be real, he may not be real. I mean, I think he's real. I grew up here and he was real. Um, whatever their thoughts are, but they're like, honestly, it just requires too much of me to be a Christian. Like, like they, they may not know this verse or God leaving where they are, but they're like, God, to be a Christian, like, I have to stop doing this. I have to leave that. I can't do that. Like, it, it just feels like I can't do any. Like, there's nothing good, nothing fun. Being a Christian means just leaving all the fun Behind And so they're not really excited about signing up for that. But even Christians, a lot of times as Christians, we, we, we know that our faith may require of us more than we're willing to give. And that kind of makes us afraid as well. But no matter where you may fit on that spectrum, I can promise you. And I know that so many of you all in here this morning, you can attest to this. I can promise you the best thing you can do is obey God. It is the best thing that you can do, bar none, is to obey God. Here she obeys, willing to leave everything. And then we read in verse 3, and at the end of the seven years, now this just... Kind of skips ahead seven years, and it implies some things that, that is easy for us to understand. The word of God said that there was gonna be a famine for seven years. So, it says at the end of seven years, it's like implied, like there was a famine. <laughs> there was a famine. Now, the famine is over. At the end of the seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, she went to appeal to the king for her house and her land. Now, Oh, man, this is so good. So once again, what God says happens, shocker, (laughs) right? And she's in this place, and the seven years is up. Now, you know what I see a lot of Christians doing? Staying in Philistine. Right? Like God said, go. Maybe he said seven years. Maybe he didn't say seven years. Maybe he just said, Go to a land I will show you. Maybe he, you don't, you don't he, you just feel like this is where you're supposed to be. And then the famine's over. Then the season's over. And, and God is like, Return or go here or go next. And a lot of Christians are like, No, no, no. God, it's cool here. Like, I'm comfortable here. Like, I got, a, I got a job, I got a house. God, you know, the market, we couldn't be able to find anything if we wanted to. Like, God, where would we go? It's COVID and there's not a lot of jobs. Like, I can work from home, I can work from here. Like, God, I, I got a good church, I got friends. Like, God, what, what, I don't, uh, what? But there are not just people that are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime, but there are places that you are to be, sometimes for a reason, sometimes for a season, and sometimes for a lifetime. And whenever we miss that, we miss opportunities for God not only to bless us, but more importantly, we miss opportunities to obey Jesus, to reach the people that he's called us to reach, become the people he's called us to become, and do the things that he's called us to do. Listen, when, when God told us to, uh, to get into to ministry and he was leading us to leave Atlanta and go to Detroit, like we would have missed God and missed out on so much that we can look back now 11, 12 years and see the fruit of that obedience. We would have missed out on all of that. And there would be people that would have missed out because of that, of us saying, you know what? No, God, like this is where I grew up. This is where I'm familiar with. This is home. This I got a good church. I got friends. I, I can reach more people here, and I can work it out on my own. And there are too many Christians that get comfortable in their own understanding, and they, 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 they turn their back on continuing to listen and obey God. The seven years was up. The season was up. And when the season's up, you don't stay. She returns, and she went to appeal to the king for her house and her land. (laughs) No, I mean, could you, like, she's been gone seven years. Like, she just, her and her house, like, they just packed up and left. Now, seven years later, they're coming back, and, and they have the boldness and the audacity to expect to get their house and their stuff back. Like, at this point, somebody else lives there. Or it's like, you know, run down. I mean, there's been a famine. Like, this isn't. You don't just walk back into, hey. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we we took a road trip, and we went back to uh, where my wife grew up, and the house that she grew up in was actually, like, torn down. It's not even there anymore. It's just a lot plot of grass. Um, but we went to where I grew up, and, you know, we're sitting outside, and it was actually in... It was actually not real cool. We were driving through the neighborhood, and I was showing the kids, like, this is where I grew up. This is my street. That's where the basketball, you know, all this stuff. And and this lady comes out of her driveway, and to exit, you got to go that way. But we were this way, and she came this way and, like, turned, like just drove by us in the cul-de-sac to, like, check us out. Now, this isn't, like, a nice neighborhood anymore. Like, this is, like, <laughs> like I'm 41 years old. Like... <laughs> I mean, you can imagine, it's yeah. But I was like, yeah, dude, I'm not ruining this moment to try to figure out what she was doing or what she was. There was a point somewhere that I completely lost. But when we went back to my house. Like, we couldn't, as much as I wanted to, I wanted to go knock on the door, and like, hey, can I bring my family in and just show them around the house? Be <laughs> like, what? No, who are you? Who are y'all? Like, no, this is our house. We've been here. 20 years, but could you imagine how I went and knocked on the door like, hey, um, we've been gone for a while, but this is our house, so uh, I'm going to need y'all to be out by Sunday. Like, that's not, like, that's not, that's not, you know even on top of that, like growing up in that house, like that was a dream house for my parents and like, I loved it. I mean, I I just remember it being completely different than we actually saw it now, but I remember it being amazing. But you know, if we, if I'd have been like, hey honey, we're going to, you know, this is, we're just going to go knock on the door and tell them, you know, it's time to get out. Their, their season is over. I'm back from Philistine and it's our house. Like the first thing my wife would have said, I don't want this house. (laughs) What? What? I'm not going back to this house. Ladies, I know. Okay, y'all are still with me. But she's like, I'm, I'm going to come back and, and, and I'm going to have the audacity not just to expect my house and my land back, but I'm going to go to the king to get it back. I mean, the boldness of this woman. She clearly has faith. She's demonstrated obedience. And now... She is operating in some serious boldness. In verse 4, it says, Now the king was talking with Gehazi. Now, this this guy, um, it was a servant of the man of God. He would have known all about her and her situation and what happened. He would have been absolutely familiar with her, known what she looked like, the whole deal. he's, He's there with the king, and the king is asking him to say, Tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. And while he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land. And Ge- Gehazi said, my lord, O king, here is the woman, and here is her son whom Elisha restored to life. <laughs> like, what? At the very moment that he's telling her story, she shows up. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's some people that are like, oh, man, what a coincidence. There are no coincidences. Like that's not a real thing. You, you may not understand how it all fits together, and you may, you may say it's a coincidence. You may even see it as a coincidence, but there are no coincidences. There are divine appointments And when we obey God, when we have the faith to do what God tells us to do, and we we actually take the the steps of faith, and we have the boldness, even if it requires going to the king, then what you will find are these divine appointments. You, You will find these situations where like, what, How? I can't even explain that. Like, and we, 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 we say things, right? Like we've tried to categorize this, not just as coincidence, but we say stuff like, what are the odds? And what we mean by this is, this is really so improbable that it's next to impossible, but these are divine appointments because God's timing is divine. And, and, and if we will obey God, he's not going to force us. We're not chess pieces that he's just moving around the board. We have free will. But if we will operate in faith and obedience and boldness, then we will find ourselves in situations where it is the, the, the king is hearing about our story when we're coming to ask for what we need. That the, the, These divine appointments, these divine, this divine timing will put you in situations, will put you among people that will help you fulfill everything that God wants you to be and everything that God wants you to do and reach every person God wants you to reach. But on our part, it requires faith, obedience, and boldness. I mean, this is like, in my Bible at the end of this verse, I just wrote, wow. Like, this is amazing. This is absolutely phenomenal. And then verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed an official for her. Now, what the king asked her, he may have asked her, like, hey, is this true? But uh, uh, clearly at some point he asked something to the effect of, hey, what, what would you like? What do you want? And she's coming to him for the purpose, not to tell her story, but boldly coming to ask for her house and her land back. And so at some point she does. And the king appoints an official for her saying, restore, remember, remember, what's the the definition of restore? Restore is to give back, return, put back into existence, Bring back or put into former or original state to put again in possession of something. He says, restore all that was hers. (laughs) All that was hers together with all the produce of the fields from the day that she left the land until now this is more than she was asking for. Her boldness, her, her courage, honestly, like her ridiculousness was enough. Like, give me my house and my land back after seven years. Like, that is a miracle in and of itself. But in complete God fashion, God's like, okay, you got that. And Let me add on to it all that you missed during those seven years. I'm not just going to give you back your house. I'm not just going to give you back your lamb, but I'm going to bless you in a way that is restorative to the point where it is if you never left. You have all the benefits as if you would have never left. You have your house, you have your land, and you have the, the production of all that your land produced in that time. Why? because she had faith, she obeyed, and she was bold. I mean, you, you could have the faith to leave and go to Philistine, and the obedience to just go wherever you can to get out for seven years. You can even have the faith to come back at the end to be able to continue to hear God's voice and know it, now it's time to return. But if you don't have the boldness to go to the king and ask the king for what you want, for what you believe God wants you to have. She wouldn't, she would have missed this divine appointment. She would not have gotten her house back, or land, or the production. Now listen, this is, I I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture that, that reiterate this point, but this is not the point. See, maybe if I was, um, a better preacher, or maybe in a different crowd. Like like we could preach this, and I could give you some other scriptures, and I could get loud, and y'all could get excited, and there'd be people that would stand up, and yes, praise God, really, why? Because what we're talking about is a blessing to you, a financial blessing to you, a, a God having your back in your finances and in your future, and people get really excited about that. But you know what they don't get really excited about? The whole point of it which is to have faith in God and to obey what God wants you to do and have the boldness to do it. Y'all have heard me talk about this before. I believe wholeheartedly God will restore your land to you. He will restore your homes to you. He will restore the produce. He will bless you. We talked about it last week. Just like he did for for this woman. He had already restored her desire to have a child and she couldn't. He restored that and gave her a child. Then he restored the, the child's life. Now he's restoring her finances. He's also restoring her peace and her joy. I believe. God will do all of that, but I don't believe that all of that is just for you or just for me. I believe wholeheartedly that this woman was to be restored so that then she could take her house, her land, all the production of what she missed out on, and it could be a blessing to the people, and it could be a, a place that honors God. And this is where we miss it and we get wrapped up in the blessing. And we lose sight of the point. We lose sight of the the, the faith to be the people God wants us to be, not just to have the things God wants us to have. See, even when I talk about boldness, there are a lot of Christians that are like, I'm going to be bold. And they're, they're not really talking about being bold for God and his kingdom. What they're talking about is being bold and trying to get a blessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess, I'm going to believe, I'm going to pray for my promotion, my bigger house, my nicer car, my million dollars in the bank or whatever. If you get a million dollars, don't put it all in the bank. That's just, that's, that's just, <laughs> that's, that's horrible. <laughs> but, but, and it's like, no, that's not the point. If you want to pray for a bigger house so you can invite more people over to have a bigger faith group so that you can have an opportunity to, to reach more people in some kind of way. If you want to buy a bigger house because you feel like God has called you into that neighborhood to reach those people. If you need a nicer car so that you can do the things that God is leading you to do, if you need more money so that you don't invest all your prayer time trying to pray for how we're gonna pay these bills and so you can go out and actually be a blessing to other people, that's the kind of stuff God honors. That's the kind of boldness that we need to have as Christians. Yes, God wants us healed. He wants us whole. He wants us blessed. But he wants it so that we can love God and love other people and make disciples. We can't lose side of this, this lady has everything restored. And we see this, it's not just her. We see this throughout the scripture. We see Job lost everything and everything was restored. Nebuchadnezzar lost everything and and God restored him. In Joel chapter two, verse 25, it says this, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. What what if we said it this way? I will restore to you the year that COVID-19 has taken. The hopper and the destroyer and the cutter, we could say, and the election and the Democrats and the Republicans. My great army, which I sent among you. Jesus even says this in, in a couple places. In Matthew chapter 17 and Mark chapter 9, he says, Elijah does come and he will restore all things. And we know that God makes all things new. So, so it's not just our health and our wholeness. It's not just our land and our produce. But in Psalms 23, stanza three, he says, he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So if, if re- restoration is returning back to the original, if, it, if it's giving something back that was taken or was lost, what is it, where, what, 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 what is given back to us? I believe it's the original design. That God restores us back to essentially the garden. It restores us back to the original design. So what does that mean? That means a relationship with him like Adam had where Adam and God walk in the garden in the cool of the day. And now because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, this is even amplified. Because he never leaves us and he's always with us and never turns his back on us. So this is even better now in this this dispensation and this covenant that we have. This is what we've talked about, being healed and whole. But this is also restoration back to peace and joy. And, And here's something that we can all grab a hold of and be thankful for. That God restores us back to clarity. We're not confused. It was very clear Adam and Eve knew, hey, what I can't do is eat of that tree. It was clear, there was no confusion restoration back to clarity of God's will and God's plans and assurance, this faith that no matter what happens in this earth, in this world, God has my back. God is with me, God protects me, no weapon formed against me can prosper. Even if the worst that I can think of, if I go to the lowest of lows and the most dark of dark places, God is there and he lights it up. That nothing in this world can separate me from the love of God. But restoration requires faith, obedience, which let's be honest, for most of us, obedience requires some level of repentance. Again, if I finish this loud and God's gonna bless you with a million dollars that you're not gonna put in a checking account, that you're gonna handle and be a better steward than that, we would get excited. But when we end this with, this is going to require obedience, which often means repentance for us. Mm. I wish ORU would have won last night. This would probably be a happier sermon. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the way that this works. <laughs> Me and a couple of friends were talking um, during the game and they, they were joking. They kept saying, you know, ORU made this run because they all tied." They give their offer, like, yeah, man, that's not the way this works. (laughs) They were joking, it was was all fun. But obedience often requires repentance, and it's gonna require some boldness from us. Are we willing to look foolish to the world to walk in faith, to speak in faith, to live in faith? Let me finish with this we do have a responsibility to not just be restored but to be agents of restoration to others. Let me read this to you. Galatians chapter six, verse one. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Hebrews chapter six, verse six. And then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. So God wants to and he will restore us back to original design. But God also wants us to be agents of restoration to other people. So when we see people who've stayed in Philistine longer than the seven years God called them to, when we see people who are not walking with God in the cool of the day, when we see people who have eaten of the tree that they shouldn't eat of and now they're consumed by it, we shouldn't be people that point and, and judge and kick while they're down. We should be people that God uses to bring restoration to them, to pray for them, to love them, to speak to them, to to bless them. This is a part of why God wants us blessed. This is a part of why he returns our house and our land and all the production of the time that we miss so that in these moments, we have to give. That we're not limited in our generosity by our bank accounts. We're only limited by our hearts and our faith. If you get nothing else out of this, I pray that this morning you leave here knowing that we have to obey God. No matter what. And that we should be agents of restoration. Because the truth is, if we will obey God, God takes care of the results. God brings the restoration. You'll you'll have these things that you read about if you will just have faith and obedience and boldness. Let me pray for us before we go this morning. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.